Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith and I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Hey guys, so excited about part two of our Inside Job series. So excited about um, this series. Just even during the week, we started to hear praise reports of people just applying what they've learned practically to their life and starting to see change. And some people even said, um, have you heard a few reports just about how um, somebody was in work and they said it was a terrible day, plenty of bad situations, but I didn't have a bad mood because I took control. I decided it wasn't that big a deal. I decided it's just work. I, I didn't uh, make it more than it was. I didn't dwell on it. I didn't fix my focus. Um, and, and I love within the scriptures, we learned about how that sin desires to overcome us. It desires to lure us in, it says in Genesis, but we must master it, the Bible says. And then it goes on to say that, that we should take every thought captive. So w- with this thought and this uh, this belief uh, that we see within the scriptures, it seems like we can, we can take control. It seems that we have a role and a responsibility to play. And so last week, that, that leads me on last week, just to recap, we talked about how what we believe often drives our thoughts and our thoughts then end up creating the emotion. And we talked about how um, when we dream, we, we can create a false reality but even though it's a false reality in our dreams, we believe it's true. And because we believe it's tr- true, it produces all kinds of thoughts. And those thoughts end up uh, giving us real-life emotion. So, so we're, we're like creative geniuses. Every one of us, because if you've ever dreamed, you're a creative genius. You can create a story that might not even be real. For the most part, when you're sleeping, it's not But the emotional response is still there because you thought it was real, but then you wake up and within seconds you realize it's not real and your emotions disappear. And so that that, that shows you that there's a massive connection with what you believe to to the emotions that you have on a day-to-day basis. So that's why it's so important in every situation that you go through in life is that you understand what you believe about it matters. What you believe about it affects your mental health. What you believe about it and what you focus on will affect your thoughts and your emotions. And so um, I've got a camera around my neck here. We're going to talk a little bit about photography today, about fixing our focus. Today's message is called Fixing Your Focus. The first thing I want to talk about is we need to find empowering lenses. This camera has a lens on it. You clip it on, but you can also clip it off. Some of us, we've got lenses on and they're not working any longer or they're focusing on the wrong things. Or we're using them to, 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 to zoom up on the wrong things. And it's causing us all kinds of unsettling thoughts, beliefs in our minds. We're start, we've been exercising it the wrong way. We've been looking at the wrong things. But the most important thing we've got to do is get a, an empowering lens which helps you do the job that you're called to do. Which keeps your mind healthy. Which keeps you focused on the right things and not the wrong things. You've got to find an empowering lens of belief because belief matters. Jesus said, believe in me. Confess with your mouth. 
and believe in your heart and you will be saved. You will be brand new. You will be a new creation. The old things will have passed away. The new has come. That's what our name means. Resurrection life. R stands for resurrection. It stands for a new life. Jesus died to bring us a new perspective, a new lens, a new belief system to renew our minds. And when we do that, all of a sudden we realize we have power not on necessarily the outside, but on the inside. The kingdom of God was built not on the outside in the New Testament, but on the inside. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. So I want to go through some scriptures real quick um, that we see in the Bible here. But before I do so, let's think about just even creation. Before we even get to these verses. What way has God set up creation? When we look at the kingfisher, does the kingfisher have an empowering lens? The kingfisher is a bird and it fishes, it's in the name, kingfisher. And it says, it's said that on average the kingfisher has to dip into the water 37 times to try and catch some food, some provision, some resource. Meaning it didn't just happen the first time, it didn't just happen without uh, failure or without an attempt. It took him 37 times to, to fish before he was successful. But some of us think if the first time doesn't work, we give up. The first job that we try to do, we give up. Or the first attempt at overcoming an obstacle mentally, we just give up. But sometimes it's more about perseverance. The Bible says to persevere in prayer. Be persistent to never give up, and then breakthrough comes. And that's why it's dangerous when we talk, some of us have been taught about God's perfect will, and God's will is absolutely perfect. But if our perception of that is wrong, and we think that we can't um, come back to God because we make a mistake or because it didn't work uh, the first time, well, God has actually set this earth up. Sin is now within the earth, and life, we have to work at things. We can't give up. And so God wants us dipping into the water time after time, never giving up, renewing our mind step by step. It's a process. It's not just a, a, a perfect deal where you just show up and things just happen. We over-spiritualize that sometimes. We come to church and we wonder why we didn't get a breakthrough the first time we sang that song in worship or the first time we went to group. We wonder why everyone just, just, just didn't make great friends with us. We give up so easily and it's dangerous um, because you're not seeing through an empowering lens, you're seeing through a limited lens. If it doesn't work first time, I give up. So Jesus died to give us empowerment, empower us to go to the ends of the earth, empower us to be his hands and his feet. And so it's so important that our lens is an empowering one. So it says in John 8 and 3, he that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. Is that an empowering or disempowering lens? Is that a limiting or unlimited lens? Well, what Jesus is really saying, listen, we're not limiting the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm not, we're not limiting this to just the few people that think they're perfect. We're not limiting this to, to just the few people that think they've got it right because no one can cast the first stone. No one has got it all right. All have fallen short of the glory of God. And so... This is an empowering scripture because it's saying, listen, I'm not just empowering a few, I'm empowering everyone. If they could just believe, 
Then, then they will receive a new life. So it doesn't matter who you are and how you've came in here today. You, you're not bad enough. You haven't sinned enough to be out of reach from God's grace. Matthew 19 and 26, with a man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Is that a limiting belief or an unlimited belief? Is that an empowering belief or is that a disempowering belief? That's an absolutely empowering belief. It means that, listen, even though you've never seen it happen before, it doesn't mean it can't. It doesn't mean you give up. It doesn't, only because it looks impossible doesn't mean you stop trying. doesn't mean you stop praying. It's, it's an empowering belief. Ephesians 3 and 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, Jesus is saying, listen, I can do more through you, but all I need you to do is do what you can, is to do the natural, is to, is to be faithful with what's in your hand, and then I will blow your mind, and then I will do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can ever ask or think. That's empowering you to do something. It says, John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they might have life. Is God saying, uh, is that empowering us? Or is he limiting us to a, a certain kind of life, a robotic kind of life? No, he, he, just, he just said, I'm coming to bring you life in all its forms, in all its ways, empowering you to live life to its best, to its fullest, with purpose, Matthew 4 and 19 says, Come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. Send who out? You. Me. Us. Empowerment. God says, I want to give you purpose. Actually, the Bible says that you'll do greater things than me. Jesus said, I, I'm going to be with my Father in heaven, but you will do greater things than I. Who? You. Us. Me. Not Jesus. Jesus will be sitting at the right hand of the Father. He died so that we could be in relationship with the Father. So that now we are the hands and feet of Jesus on the earth. Us. We've been empowered to go forth. We've been empowered to make a difference. We, we are now the fishers of, of men. Jesus played his part. Matthew 5 and 11 says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Because of me, rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. Is that an empowering belief to stop? Is, does that tell you to stop when people criticize? Or does that t tell you to keep going? It's saying rejoice. You're blessed. Because even though people externally out there, outside of yourself, are, are criticizing, it doesn't matter. You still have the ability to keep going. You still have the ability to keep having purpose. You still have the ability to overcome. You're more than a conqueror. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline, empowering or disempowering, absolutely empowering. He's saying, listen, yes, you might struggle right now with those emotions. You might struggle right now with those thoughts. 
But I didn't give you a power that, could, that was designed not to overcome. I've given you the abilities to take hold of every thought, to take it captive, to lock it up. You've got power to have self-control over what you eat and where you go and who you talk to and what you say. You've got the power to develop that, to overcome. Romans 8 and 37 says, Knowing all things, we are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. That means when you get knocked down, you get back up. When you throw the fishing rod out like the kingfisher to try and catch a fish to get some food, and it doesn't work, you just keep going. You keep trying. You keep getting back up. You keep learning. You keep asking for advice. You keep applying for those jobs. You keep working at that relationship. You're more than a conqueror. You don't just do enough. You do more than enough. The Bible says a righteous person falls seven times and gets up every time. That means you, 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 you complete the job. You see, you're not an exister. You weren't designed to walk by sight. You were designed to walk by faith. Faith when you, we walk by faith because we create. People who have, who have invented things, they've seen it in their head before they've seen it in the natural. It's, it's a part of our makeup. We're designed to walk by faith and not sight before you came here or maybe went somebody somewhere on holidays. You've seen it in your head before you've seen it with your eyes. When a surgeon goes into surgery, they see it, they rehearse it in their head before they go into the surgery. Why? So they can go in with confidence. We walk by faith. A few questions I'd love you to ask yourself right now. Do you believe you can do well at school, work, sports, in relationships? Do you believe you can? Because if you don't, you probably are right. You've already set yourself up with a limiting belief. You've already set yourself up with a disempowering belief. And, uh, and the reality is you will, you will stop at the first hurdle. As soon as you don't get the fish on the first uh, cast of the rod, you'll give up. Because in that area of your life, you have a disempowering belief, a limited belief. Can you change your personality? Well, well if you're just stuck with that personality the rest of your life then some people are going to be very disappointed because you, you'll say things like, well, it's just who I am. I can't change. I'm just this annoying. I'm going to be this annoying for the rest of eternity. No. But what if, what, what if you could actually change some of those things? What if you actually believed you could? Then maybe you would try. Our phobia is simple thinking errors because that's an empowering belief. That means you can change the phobias. You can overcome them. In your, in your mental health, are you just stuck the way you are? Or, or are you going to have to rely on external forces and what people say for your self-esteem? Are you just stuck relying on the outside forces, the people, uh, maybe substances? That's why people get addicted often and have coping mechanisms because they don't know that they have the ability to take control of their mind. Or they don't even know that they can affect their mental health. They didn't know they had the tools maybe in their hand that could help with some of that stuff. And listen, we talked about situational 
the difference between situational mental health and, and clinical. If we talked about physical, uh, in a physical realm, we would say, for instance, I've got a bad hip, and it's just there's a physical uh, problem there. The cartilage is gone, so therefore the only way clinically I can fix that, unless God does a miracle, um, is I need an operation. But there's situational things in my life which I can change, which means if I'm, I'm getting overweight, um, which I am a little bit, um, then I, I need to, I can, I can do something. But if I believe I can't, if I'm just driven by emotions, then I will be on a downward spiral. But, but I believe that I can, so I, I will. It's a situational thing. Today we're talking more about situational mental health. What can you do? What can, you, can you do something? Are we believing empowering thoughts because they drive our thoughts? Are, are, are we believe, do we have empowering beliefs because they drive our thoughts some thoughts create emotion I sometimes say fingers crossed or good luck is that an empowering or disempowering belief just hoping for the best but, but not doing taking control of what you can do I find it easy to maintain body weight or patterns I believe my childhood has loads of influence on my life so, so are you letting the past control your future are you letting, is that a limiting belief? I believe it is. If you keep going back to that thing that happened to you in the past, and this is why I am who I am today, well, well, then you're limiting yourself, you're stuck. It's just the way you are, you can't change. Maybe some of you uh, have, would love to be a business person and, and you say, I, would, I, I wish I could be a, a multimillionaire, but um, you, you come out with statements, but I would have to win the lottery or get lucky. Is that a limiting belief? Or is it empowering you to actually think of some ideas and actually put some things into practice and be creative? Or is it just, is it just got a full stop mark on it and it's just gonna, you gotta wait for the luck? That's a disempowering belief. You don't even try, you don't even hope to do it. You don't think you've got the ability so you never try. My self-esteem comes from what others think. Is that a limiting or unlimiting belief? If you're relying on other people, then you're relying externally on other people controlling your mental health. If everyone's nice to you, then you feel nice. Because you believe your mental health is then determined by other people. But actually, I heard this story. I, I, I done, uh, there's a guy locally, Stevie Chan, done a fantastic job with, with some of this stuff. And uh, some of us go to the gym for... for our physical health, and he's like a mental health PT instructor, um, and he just came out with some great stuff, and I just really want to honor him right now, and he told me about this story about a girl who, who had been um, going through the course, and they were asking her about her self-esteem, and she was saying that um, for the most part, her self-esteem was 15%, 15 out of 100, that was the level that she felt she was at. He says, does it ever change? Well, she said, uh, well, maybe there was this one scenario I felt really good, he asked, when was that? Well, that was when um, I was at a birthday party and everyone, uh, or it was my birthday, and everyone was bringing me presents and telling me how much they loved me. And how many people were there? About 50. What? And what was your self-esteem like then? It was about 90%. So within a few hours, it went from 15 to 90%. Why? Because she believed that she was loved, but she was externally focused she, she was relying on other people to love her. 
in order for her to decide that she was loved. But what if she actually decided, instead of being externally focused, being internally focused, and started to empower herself to love herself and to receive the love of God? That's why the love of God is so powerful when you truly start to believe it. It changes and rewrites the story in your mind of who you are. You begin to think internally that I'm loved by God. He lives on the inside of me. He accepts me. I'm everything he needs me to be. You start believing that and watch your thoughts change. And watch your emotions change. That's why we have people come in here and get saved and receive the love of God through the person of Jesus Christ. And anxiety leaves them. Not always, but sometimes. Some, some of us are in a process in, in, in some of these things, but sometimes this happens and addi addiction to the wrong beliefs can leave them and depression can leave them. And listen, it's not always clear-cut, but sometimes that's what happens. See, it's really hard to, to avoid anxiety, depression, and unhealthy mental states when you feel powerless without any sense of controlling your mind without any sense of controlling what you believe. But the Bible says, take it captive. Overcome it. Master it. Because you can. You're empowered. Jesus died to bring life, to empower you, to take the reins, to take control. You see, if your attention is disempowering, you will miss out on the big picture. You will miss out on the big picture. If you're focusing on what is wrong, you... You will miss what is right. We're about to show a video here, and the video is off. Uh, you can watch it online. It's off basically uh, these uh, two teams, black and white. There's four in each, uh, four, three or four people in each, and, and they pass the ball around, and, and you've got to fix your focus on the people in white passing the ball. And what happens is the during that time where you're fixing your focus on these people passing the ball, a gorilla comes in onto the screen. And because your focus is so fixed on the white team passing the ball, you miss the gorilla. That's like some of us in life, we're so fixed on all of our problems. We're so fixed on what people think. We're so fixed. We fixed our eyes on all of the wrong things. We're missing all of the right things. Jesus says, fix your eyes on me. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the, the perfecter of our faith, the perfecter of an empowering lens that Jesus died to give us so that we can live life to the full. Two, adjust your aperture. What is aperture? Aperture, if you've got this camera like I have here, aperture is when you have a lens which can basically focus on a subject and it can blur the background out. Some of you have seen those pictures on Instagram, on Facebook, in magazines. They're, they look amazing pictures, but they're focused in on a subject and the, 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 the background is blurred. Some of us need to start to fix our focus, our aperture on the things which are right about our life, on the things which God has done and is doing. Some of us need to fix our focus on Jesus. You've been fixing your focus on yourself, fixing your aperture, aperture on what you can do and what you can achieve, and it's never enough to give you the satisfaction that your soul needs. You, like Adam and Eve in the garden, what they had done is they fixed their focus on their own capacity, their own ability, and what it done to them is it made them run from God. It made them run from purpose. 
made them run from life. They, why? Because they had shame and they had guilt. Some of us in here, we have shame and guilt. We're carrying the shame and guilt that is foundationally dealt with at the cross. But until you deal with that, you will carry that and you will develop coping mechanisms. You'll start to be busy doing uh, different things. You'll get addicted to other mindsets, even food, even gym, all these practical things that even work and you'll miss out on the life that God intended you to have. And so we see the picture how there's a flower in the desert and, and the aperture is fixed on the flower, but the desert is null and void. It's empty. I've went through a season in my life where I felt empty, null and void. It's like I lost everything. And I, it, it like stripped my slate clean. It was as if I had to start from scratch. And, and, and all of a sudden I started to realize in order for me to stay encouraged, I've got to fix my aperture on what is good. I've got to fix my aperture on God is all I've got left. But it was a gift. I, I got to not just blame. Some of us need to stop blaming the past for the way we are today. We, we, we've got to stop blaming people for all the bad stuff. Because listen, because I had that season of wilderness, it helped me to strengthen my relationship with God. So I, I, I'm not just blaming that situation for all the bad, I'm blaming it for all the good. It gave me a new foundation. I, I wouldn't be talking about some of this stuff if I hadn't went through it. So I'm blaming, uh, some of you need to blame the people in your past who hurt you for how they equipped you, how they give you the ability to be resilient, for how they give you the ability to stand firm, for how they give you the ability to get back on your feet, for the, how they give you the ability to, to bounce back. Blame them for it all. Don't just blame them for the bad. Blame them for the good. And you'll find it a lot easier to forgive. Adjust your aperture. You've got to adjust your aperture. See, God's will is to be thankful. Watch what the Bible says. Some of you are saying, is this even in the Bible, Phil? Well, watch this. It says in Philippines 4 and 8, when, when Paul is in a situation, it's like a desert situation. He's lost it all. He's lost um, the ability just to, to walk around life. He's in a jail cell. He's strapped up. He's in chains. And, 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 and he writes some of the best books that we read in the Bible today. The most encouraging, one of the most encouraging books in the Bible is Philippines. This is when he's in jail. And he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, praiseworthy think about such things. Fix your aperture. Fix your eyes. Fix your thoughts on such things. I remember just last night I was going home and somebody had mentioned something that kind of triggered some insecurities in my, in my head and my heart and, and uh, I started to believe and, and fix my focus on the wrong things and I got the wrong results. I started to dwell on it. I started to get uh, flustered. I started to get annoyed and, and I wanted to pay someone back, that person back for, for the hurt that they had supposedly created in me and then I, I fixed my focus. It actually worked. I fixed my focus and realized, no, Phil, you can take control of this. And, and, and as I started to take control and focused on all the good things and, and actually assumed the best of that person, I actually started to realize that they're not against me, that they weren't trying to hurt me. 
and that I, I, if I don't learn to fix my focus and fix my aperture, people who are going to help me grow, whether they're for me or against me, will be limited in my life. Even if someone, an enemy comes against me to criticize or persecute me, or slag me off behind my back, those people can work for your good. They can keep you humble. Thank you. They can keep you uh, with a healthy perspective. They can help you to keep going back to God's love. Blame them for that too. So you've got the power to fix your aperture. You've got the power to fix your lens of empowering beliefs. You've You've got the power. Turn to someone and say, you've got the power. And so it's so important that we understand that how we, how we look and how we see is so important. Too many, they say in, in the UK, there's 15 plus million people who are considered clinically obese. And there are 105 million Americans, 33% of the country, that are considered clinically obese. And so the question is, can we do anything about it? As people, they say actually this is a westernized world problem, that actually sometimes our richness works against us. Sometimes you being brought up in a great family can work against you because what happens and what can happen is you expect externally for people to provide for you. You you don't expect to have to work for it. You don't don't expect to not ever have food. And so you don't develop that that internal drive to get up and go. You you can, if something doesn't work out, sometimes you can start to, to call it luck. I was just unfortunate and, and it, can, it, can, it can cause you to become disempowered and, and not do something about it. Because we become externally focused. We're relying on other people providing for us. We're, we're reliant on the government standing in the gap when really what can I do? Can I help my health instead of just going to the doctor all, the, all of the time? Can I make a shift in my thinking? Can I face this thing head on? Can I fix my focus Instead of taking maybe an easier way out. Can I actually lose weight? Do I have the power? Am I thinking with empowering statements? Or do I just believe I'm in the jail of emotion? And I'm driven by emotion because if you believe that, that's what will happen. And so what can often happen is we become victimized when we have a, a, a low sense of power and control on the inside, when we don't think we can do anything about the situation, we don't. And often people who have that kind of mindset, they have a, a can't-do mindset. They've got a can't-do belief system. And so because they have that system in place, they have that belief, that heart, then what happens is they don't do anything. And so the third point is capture the can-do's. Your camera captures photos all day, every day. The camera in, in your eyepiece. The camera that we all have in our, in our heads. We see things all day. We're capturing thoughts over 50,000 a day. The question is, what are you focusing on? All those scenarios... Are they creating a can't-do attitude or a can-do? An empowering belief system or a disempowering? Capture your can-dos. You see, when we go to take pictures of church, we're taking pictures. We take about a 1,000 pictures and use about 10. And that's a successful day. 
when it comes to capturing images. Because our expectation wasn't that we, we needed a perfect record that we were going to take 10 pictures and it's just going to work perfectly. Our expectation was we're going to have to take a bunch and eventually a few will work out. Some of you need to have the same mindset with your mental health. You need to keep attacking the wrong belief systems, the wrong mindsets. Keep fixing your focus on what is good in your life. Even if it looks like a flower in the desert, adjust your aperture to what is good. They say that people have a low sense of influence over their, their internality or, or how they think on the inside, their heart. They said that those people... Um, a low sense those people have a can't do and the people who have a high sense have a can do attitude the Bible says in 2nd Peter we're nearly finished 2nd Peter 1 and 3 by his divine power God has given us everything we need for living a godly life what does everything mean in the Greek it means everything he's given us everything we need See, if you drove a test, if you, if, if you done your driving test, would you say, oh, I, I passed it because I was lucky? Or would you say, I passed it because I worked hard, I revised hard, and I put in the work? Because the reality is, if you don't put in the work, there's a good chance you won't pass the test. God has designed us to work six days a week and rest one. He has called us to be active, to be creative. God, what did, what did we say last week? That God creates trees and we build chairs. That's the way God has set this earth up. So somebody who has a high influence on their internality, in their heart and their beliefs, somebody who has a high influence um, and thinks they can change situations and can adapt and change their personality and can uh, face phobias and, and, and fears head on. People who do, who do have that mindset and that belief system, that they believe it can affect their health. They believe that uh, they can take initiative. They believe that they're, they're not going to dwell on negative experiences or emotions. They're not going to just keep focused on uh, the molehills and make them into mountains. They stay calm, they're more relaxed, they feel happy. They show resilience and bounce back ability when challenges come their way. But someone with the opposite uh, belief system and a low sense of influence on their beliefs and their situations, they tend to be more negative on outlook. They tend to have a victim mentality. They don't believe they can affect situations. They believe things are just down to fortune and luck. Um, they feel helpless and have limited beliefs. They, 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 they're stuck. They're like a statue. They can't do anything about it. They have to rely on other people to pick them up. They lose their faith when th bad things happen. They, they find it hard to take responsibility. They often over-spiritualize things. They tend to create stress, create frustration, create anxiety. Listen, I've done this. We've all done this. The problem is if we keep doing it over and over Yes, there's some situations that are just stressful. But let's not keep reminding ourselves and rehearsing that stress. Let's learn to fix our focus. This isn't supposed to be condemning. This is supposed to be freeing. 
There's 17,000 research studies that, 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 that show that there's a significant, um, a significant effect on our phobias, illness, mental conditions, and medical conditions, habits, disabilities, and lack of success connected to whether we have a high sense of power and control over our internality, over our, our, our belief systems. You kind of impact every aspect of your life. But if you believe you can't, you won't. Have you got an empowering belief? Jesus came to empower us to have life. So I, I, I ask you, if you're externally minded often, what will happen is you, you'll come to a lot of dead ends. You, you'll maybe say things that I can't do or it's not fair. And listen, God has absolutely called us to do everything we can in the natural. Like we said it, at the start, we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna sleep like it depends on God. And, and we're going to work like it depends on us. What does that mean in, in biblical language? That it, it, it means that we, we rely on the sovereignty of God for our foundation. That, that at the end of the day, that we're limp, there's so much we can do, but, there's, but, but at the same time, we've got free will and there, there is a, a certain amount that we can do to impact situations. The Bible says, take hold. So what if we started to train our mind to work for us? What if we start training our mind to work to our advantage what if we started taking every thought captive? What if we started having a can-do mindset, a capture the can-dos in your life? What can you do? What if you started putting on a lens of empowering beliefs? I'm telling you, your life would begin to shift. God's purposes in your life would begin to prevail more and not less. God could use you to do more. I'll finish with this. Uh, I had a friend. Pastor Paul Reedy was here a few weeks and he told a great story just about how when he was growing up in a, in a, in a church that, that he was brought up in and it was a small church but they were always praying at the prayer meeting for the sinners. And let me tell you, listen, in this church we are all sinners saved by grace. So they're praying, bring the sinners in, Lord. And, and they were praying this prayer and he was like, well, well, I've got an idea. What if we actually asked someone to come to this church instead of just praying for them, listen, not just have faith, let's have a work. Faith without works is dead, the Bible says. And so he, he said to the church, hey, do you want to meet with me? I would love to go and ask some people. And he asked them, hey, let's meet at this time. And, and, and nobody from the church showed up. This is the danger of over-spiritualizing things because often what I believe personally when people over-spiritualize things, it's like they, they make it easy. They don't want the discomfort of having to sacrifice any time. But listen, with commitment, there's always sacrifice. And so the fact that no one showed up, and he couldn't believe it, and he just said to God, God, I just pray that I could be a part of a church that could actually do something to actually help people. And we wouldn't just pray from a distance, and we wouldn't just stay separate and hope for someone just to come and knock on the door, but we would actually play our part and help people in the natural, and God, that you would come and visit in the supernatural. See, God is sovereign, absolutely, but he's given us free will, and we can play our part and make a difference. Let's start training our mind to work for us. Let's take every thought captive. 
Let's start fixing our focus, fixing our aperture on what is good. What what has God done for you? What can you be thankful for? I'm telling you, your moods will begin to shift. When you see yourself getting into a huffy mood or a bad mood, or you start focusing on some things that make you insecure, I encourage you, fix your focus, not on those things. Fix your focus foundationally on on the fact that God loves you. And you can use all of those negative things to further you, to move you forward, to train you, to equip you, to grow. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd like you to do. Subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can go onto our website at oriatchurch.org and give now. And we will see you next time on the Ariat Church Podcast.